Welcome to the Be Free program where you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hi, I'm Loretta Roshka, your host, and I'm so blessed and honored that you join me every week. Uh, in the word and just worshiping and just uh, getting into what God has to say to us individually. So, uh, and I have some awesome, awesome uh, news for you, an exciting announcement and uh, something that God has told me um, about 45 years ago. And so, uh, and it's coming to pass. So don't ever give up on what God has said to you. I'm telling you, don't ever give up. But I'm going to be ministering to you today and I have a special guest I'm going to bring on in just a moment about Jesus said, go. Jesus said, go. And we're saying yes. We say yes to what he has. And so we're going to talk about that. And you know, um, sometimes you wait and you wait and you wait for something that God has told you to come to pass. But I tell you what, if you just lean upon him, and you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and don't give up because God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. Uh, I don't, I don't doubt that at all because, um, when God puts it in your heart, it's there for a reason. There's, there's a reason that God puts certain things in your heart. And, uh, in Romans, it says that, uh, Abraham was being, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And then I'm going to flip right over here to Luke 1, verse 45. And I love this. Let's see if I can find this here right quick. And uh, this is spoken of Mary by Elizabeth. It says, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. In another version, it says, there will be a performance of the word. And I tell you what, when you, God's word will not fail. His direction, you just, you just trust him and yield and believe and step into it. And so I have this wonderful guest, uh, that is very much a part of this new assignment that God has given Myself and Don Kennedy. Everybody knows Don. Hey, Don. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> yes, she is. And so, um, our, my guest is, is so, uh, well, without her and her husband, we would not be going on this trip. And so, uh, God told me when I was 12 years old, okay, um, that I, I was saved at 10, filled with the Holy Spirit at 12, and called into the ministry at 12, and started my ministry at 12 years old. The first time I ever stood up and sang a song, um, the first time I ever gave a word of knowledge to anyone, I was 12 years old, it was all that week. And the Spirit of God said to me, He said, I've called you to preach the gospel and minister in music all over the world. Well, for any 12-year-old, that would be almost more that you can take in. But those of you that listen all the time and know my story, for someone that was so full of fear and had been uh, abandoned several times, sexually abused, full of fear, full of no esteem, full of rejection, I could barely hold my head up and talk in public. I always prayed that the teacher in school would not call on me. And God said, I've called you to preach the gospel and minister and music. So I would have never dreamed that up myself. Never. I did. I, I knew I, I couldn't do that. There's no way I could do that. But when God put it in my heart, I so wanted 
to serve him and everything that he had for me, I wanted to do it. I wanted to minister to people that had been broken just like me. I wanted, I was crying out for him. I would cry out at the altar and I'd say, Lord, give me the nations as my inheritance. I didn't, how did I know to really pray that? And I would ask him, Lord, give me souls to lay at your feet. I want multitudes to lay at your feet. Well, lo and behold, I'm going to, I'm going to share with you that that was at, I was 12 years old and I am not ashamed to say I'm 56 years old. And it's God has been allowing it to happen and grow. But now I'm stepping into another place and I'm actually going to Africa. I saw myself at 12 years old standing in on this large platform at an outdoor conference. And I was preaching to uh, people in Africa as far as I could see. Now, at 12 years old, again, there's no reason for me to think that. But God is allowing me to step in and get my feet wet in May. And there's someone that I'm so grateful for. Uh, I've known for many, many years. And uh, we have uh, ministered together uh, through Aglow International. She is our area Aglow president for the Central Texas area. Uh, and she has, a, they have another ministry, she and her husband. And uh, I'm going to have her share about those things. But it's through her ministry and her husband's ministry, Foundations Ministry, that I am going to be going along with Dawn. And so, uh, Elizabeth Brown, thank you so much for being here today. You are such an amazing and amazing blessing. And I, I just welcome thank you today you, to the program. Thank you. Well, it is a pleasure. It is a joy to be here, always to be with you <laughs> and with Don. Yes, yes. Well, you know, we've... Uh, We're sisters. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and uh, God has graced us and, and allowed us the honor and privilege to lead worship mm-hmm. at a glow at our local one and our area one and yes. regional, uh, which is a miracle that we do that, <laughs> that we get to do that. But anyway, for a long time, and we've known, uh, I mean, a glow is such an amazing organization. And actually, I'm going to get to be myself and my team are going to be leading a worship, a worship at a conference coming up. Miss Elizabeth, you want to tell them about that before uh, we yes, get into that? I do very briefly because we want to get on to the yeah, Africa part. Right. But, um, there is a conference coming up here in Kerrville, our annual spring conference for a Central Texas area, a glow. But it's not just for a glow. It's for anyone who really needs to just pull away for a weekend and be in his presence and be refreshed and be renewed. We have uh, some wonderful speakers. Mary Forsyth, founder and president of Kingdom Living Ministries, is coming from Dallas. And one of the highlights of the weekend is Terry McAlmon, an international uh, worship leader and recording artist, is going to be doing a concert at mm-hmm. the cross, mm-hmm. at the empty cross in the coming King Prayer and Sculpture Garden on Friday evening. And anyone registered for the conference will get reserved seating and can bring a guest to sit with them, a free guest that night. But the community is also invited. We're doing this as a gift to the community. And just bring your portable seat with you and enjoy uh, being in God's presence under the leadership of Terry McAlmon. Uh, we did this about four years old, uh, four years old, four <laughs> years ago, and heaven just came yes, down that night. Awesome. It was glorious. Mm-hmm. So we just want to invite the community, and we want to, uh, I believe Ada, uh, Lueda may be putting something on her Facebook about dates and mm-hmm. schedule and mm-hmm. registration. Mm-hmm. Uh, so watch the Facebook for that information. It's May 1st, 2nd, and 3rd 
here in Kerrville at the end of the hills. And we would just certainly welcome everyone to be there because it's going to be a very wonderful, deeply spiritual, refreshing weekend in his presence. That's our theme for the weekend. I love that. Well, let's talk about where you're going. Yes, ma'am. Luida. (laughs) <laughs> I <You're> know. Going. <laughs> I'm you going. You said you were going. <laughs> I am going. We're committed now. <laughs> okay. Where are you going? <laughs> yeah. well, Kasumu, Kenya. Kasumu, Kasumu Kenya. Kenya. She yes. does know. Yes. Okay. I, do. <laughs> I don't know, Miss Elizabeth. I'm kind of like this. I, 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 Dawn has to lead me to where I'm going. I know what I'm going to do when I get there, but I couldn't get there on my own. I I know the destination, but I sure don't know all the details of all that. Well, you'll be in western Kenya, and you'll be ministering among the Lua tribe. That's L-U-O, Lua tribe. Um, They live around Lake Victoria, which is a huge, huge lake. It's actually the headwaters of the Nile River. And uh, the people around there are fishermen, subsistence farmers. Uh, they have their little plots, and they earn. They grow just enough usually for their families and maybe a little bit to take to market. Um, they're one of the larger tribes in Kenya. They have a language of their own, the Lua language, and they also speak Swahili. Mm-hmm. And those who have been to school... Uh, do speak English, and you'll find that the leadership usually does speak English, and you'll be working with an interpreter. Which that's the first ever for me, to, <laughs> but want to preach with an know, interpreter. I, I had that. <laughs> Dawn first. interprets all the time for me. <laughs> I had that first, too, when yeah. I went for the first time, and I was terrified. And, yeah. Oh, it's just, with the Holy Spirit, the anointing comes. It's just so easy. It just, yeah. you know, it just goes, you know. Well, I'm trusting him. <laughs> and you'll be having a really good interpreter. Good. Uh, from our team, one of uh-huh. our African team members, because you're going to be working alongside our African team members. Yes. And pastors, as well as at least one other woman teacher, Susan mm-hmm. Odiambo, mm-hmm. who you're going to love, and she's going to love you all. Uh, so you'll be well taken care of by our African friends. They're wonderful people of God. You'll be traveling with Fred and Sherry White from Athens, Georgia, a little bit more experienced than you guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad they've been over there several times. (laughs) (laughs) But um, they're related to Foundation Ministries, and um, Foundation Ministries is a prophetic apostolic ministry uh, that has touched over 47 years, oh my goodness, every continent except Australia. Wow! Um, and we have my husband is president Renee Brown, and our emphasis has been on Africa. Although now in in recent times he's been going to South America and Mexico, but our over the years forty seven years of ministry we've been around a long time. Our ministry um, we have been touching people in Cuba, Mexico. Central America, South America, the UK, Germany, Spain, all these are still active. India, Pakistan, China, Mongolia, Thailand, and Myanmar. And you have like how many people? And maybe 40, a few more. 43? But or? there are about 40 affiliated churches and wow. ministries uh, that uh, with the Foundation Ministries group. But... They work independently, but we're related. It's, it's just a wonderful fellowship of, of ministers who have been together for many, many years, and it's a real family. Mm-hmm. 
So you're going to be in good hands, and uh, Sherry is going to love you, and you're going to love her, and she never met a stranger, and you haven't either. <laughs> y'all are going to be dynamite, and Dawn is going to try to keep y'all organized. Be, right. <laughs> Dawn, you better pray up. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm praying. But these people that you're going to be ministering to live in mud huts, probably. You're going to be not in the city. Mm -hmm. You're going to be going out to a harrow. That's going to be a large women's meeting. And it's a village, but it's a fairly large village. A-H-E-R-O, since you're writing that down. A harrow. And um, the women who come to this seminar will come from harrow, but they'll also come from the countryside around and some of them will walk maybe all day uh, to get there. And uh, they'll spend the night on, on mats on a concrete floor, probably, if you're going to be in the same place we were. Uh, some of them carry their babies on their backs when they come. Uh, they wrap, you know, do the big wraps with the babies on their backs. That's typical African. And they will sacrifice a lot to get there to hear you. Mm. And they are so hungry for the word. They are so hungry for the Lord. Women in Africa, well, I don't think the men have an easy life either particularly, mm. but women in Africa mm-hmm. have a very difficult life. Yeah, tell they, them. They, ex- it's extreme poverty. Mm-hmm. Uh, they oftentimes have large families, and a successful day is when they can maybe sell enough at, uh, of their bits at the market, the public market, where they just spread things out on a blanket and sell, to buy enough food to have dinner, that to cook a meal for their family that day. And sometimes they may have one meal a day. So that's a successful day mm-hmm. for an African woman in, in this rural setting. Um, they love God. You'll probably be mostly dealing with Christians. Mm-hmm. So there are already believers at some stage but you find that they're, uh, they've been under a lot of legalism over the years in Africa. Uh, they've, the old African doctrine is that you control, you have to control your people, and the way you control them is keeping them under the law. And what my husband uh, has done, along with his team members, is break through that doctrine and bring them to a place of understanding God's grace and unconditional love. And it has totally transformed Mm. their lives. It has totally transformed their walk with God. Because they think if they sin, that means that they're lost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's got their, what we consider the most evil sins. Mm -hmm. And um, surprisingly in Africa, what we would consider really a bad sin they may not pay as much attention to. But if, I'll give you an example. This is just one small thing. But if you smoke cigarettes, mm-hmm. you are going to hell. Mm. I mean, they are, are, are drink alcohol. I mean, mm-hmm. even a, a touch of alcohol on your lips, you have lost your salvation and you're going to hell. Mm. There are those kinds of legalistic mm-hmm. uh, things that they live under. Now, mm-hmm. those things aren't good for us. Right, right. You know, and mm-hmm. they're not healthy for us, but... It doesn't determine our salvation. Mm-hmm. There's only one thing that determines Amen. that, our faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. So they have the faith in Jesus Christ, but they are also under the bondage of legalism, and mm-hmm. they feel they have not, they don't feel they have much value. Uh-huh. 
the women there don't have as much value as a man. Mm -hmm. Uh, When they marry, they have to be purchased, Mm -hmm. and they call it a bride price. It used to be cows, but uh, not everybody has cows anymore. It'd be like for a wife that was pretty well educated, it might cost 12 cows to get her as a bride. And now it's a thousand dollars, two thousand. Well, not a thousand dollars, but shillings, whatever. I guess the equivalent of a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. And if she's educated, she's worth more. So they enter the marriage, you know. And that doesn't mean they don't care for each other as husband and wife, but they don't have the freedom to just go get married if they are in love with someone. Uh, One of our pastors just recently married a woman because we paid the bride price for him <laughs> yeah. of a couple of thousand dollars so that he could marry his wife that he had been engaged to for 10 years. She was almost 40 years old, mm. but the father would not let her marry this wonderful, precious man of God because he didn't have the bride price. Mm. And so finally the Holy Spirit just said, y'all need to pay the bride price so that Jonathan can get married. Mm-hmm. And the first year they had a baby, they are so happy. But women do most of the hard labor. They carry large containers of water on their heads for miles just to have a little water for their family uh, because fresh water in some of these places is just, it's just not there. And I've even seen little children take like a little tide lid, you know, a little plastic mm-hmm. scoop, and on the road with mud water out of a puddle, dipping it and pouring it into a container to take it home for the family to have some water. So you're going to see things that are going to probably surprise you and shock you, but the the ministry that you're going to experience will be glorious. The anointing uh, is going to break the yoke, and you're going to be able to really help them see how special they are to Jesus. And that they have true worth and value. Can you share with them, uh, our our audience, uh, Miss Elizabeth, about how the men treat the women? Well, now in some of these circles, uh, especially our African team and and uh, really sincere, more mature Christians, you move away from some of this <clears throat> because they've been taught the Word and they, the fruit of the Spirit and how to love their wives as Christ loved the church. But culturally, uh, it's perfectly fine for a a man to beat his wife. Um, That's just part of the marriage program there. (laughs) You know, if he doesn't like what she does, and she probably doesn't even have to do very much because some of them just take delight in doing it, they beat their wives. And then some women are so twisted by their own culture that if the husband stops beating them, they think, he doesn't love me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very promiscuous. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how AIDS has spread. Um, you know, they're not, a f- they look over the fence, you know, mm-hmm. and may go over there. Mm-hmm. So uh, AIDS is rampant. They live with the fear of AIDS. Uh, many of them may have AIDS, mm-hmm. even the ones you're ministering to. Um, many of them are widows because they've lost their husband to AIDS. And, you know, it's a 10-year incubation period. So they may have it and not know they have it, or they may know they have it. But if they do know, they don't remarry because they don't want to spread. They don't want to uh, spread it. Or if they don't have it, 
they don't want to be exposed. So um, they're not esteemed. I guess that's the best way to put it. They're expected to bear the children, do the farming, do all the labors. And we're not talking washing machine here. We're talking washing clothes in the river, hanging them on bushes or, or laying them on rocks, working the fields, um, selling things at the market. The men were always hunters and gatherers in Africa. But in more modern times, that role has shifted. So you might find them tending cattle, or if they have any cattle, or just doing not much, you know, sitting around playing games or something. So the women's lives are hard. And they are so loved by the Lord, and they are so precious to God. And to hear that that their Creator loves them, and that they have value, and they have hope through Jesus. And to see the miracles and the signs and wonders that come through your ministry, it changes them forever, and it changes the culture. Mm-hmm. It's changing the culture. I got a prophecy in San Antonio at an Aglow meeting in January that, and my husband Renee was not there, but the word had to do with Aglow and the wonderful things God was going to do in Aglow in Central Texas coming up. But in that prophecy, and I didn't know this man, he said, that work that you and your husband are doing in Africa will remain after you're gone. The fruit will remain, and there will be multiplication of it. So everything that you impart while you're in Africa, there will be multiplication, and the fruit will remain. The hardest part for you is going to be not going back because you're going to fall in love with the people. And you're going to fall in love with Africa, with all of its hardships and troubles, and and it's very, very bad. You're going to have some challenges in your comfort level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, on various mm-hmm. things, which I won't go into, but, I mean, what you eat and, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. what you drink and some, you know, bodily functions <laughs> and things. But uh, there is just such a presence of the, of the Lord when you're gathered with those people and they are loving you so much and appreciating you so much and they'll draw everything out of you they, that you can give them. They'll sit there all day on a little wooden bench without a back on it. In some cases, depends on where you are, some on the ground uh, with their legs crossed all day, but they'll stay there all day and they won't eat, you know, just barely take a break. And they'll listen to you as long as you will teach, as long mm. as you will present the word. They are there soaking it up. You have never had a more receptive audience mm. than you're going to have there. So you've got a lot to look forward to. I am looking forward <laughs> to it. <laughs> you know, it's just, <clears throat> it just, I'm just undone just even thinking about it. What God has allowed us to step into. Yes. And, um, oh, that we would all have that kind of hunger. To sit there all day, you're so hungry for the Word and the presence of God. Well, you know there are no safety nets. Yeah. And when there are no safety, we have somewhat of a safety net here in that if we're sick, we go to the doctor, we can get antibiotics, and, you know, usually we can get whatever we have cleared Mm -hmm. up with the doctor's help or with surgery or with whatever. They don't have that option. So Mm -hmm. they really need God, and and they really uh, cry out to God. And God moves. You're going to find that 
I, I told you this, I think we were chatting the other day. I was up at Mount Elgon uh, with a group of ladies, maybe 20, 30 in that group. And I've been teaching and I prayed on, prayed for healing, asked if anybody wanted to be prayed for. Will they all have something, especially bad backs from carrying all those heavy burdens and loads they carry? And I said, okay, how many of you were healed? And they all raised their hand that they were healed. And I thought, oh, no, they didn't understand me. <laughs> that can't possibly be true. And so I had the interpreter ask them again, and their hands all went up again. And they were praising God because they had all been touched. Well, I don't see that when I minister over here. <laughs> so, you know, you're ex- the expectation of, of miraculous things happening is uh, yeah. is really raised when you're over there ministering, and, and uh, God does it. Yes, he does. Because, uh, you know, it just brings them to a new place yeah. in, in their relationship with him. I am so absolutely blown away by it. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're already almost done with the first half hour of this, but we've got we're going to come right back. But I just want to invite you, uh, number one, if you need prayer, call our prayer line, 866-241-0579. Go to our website at lueda.org. We have so many free resources for you. Our previous TV programs are uh, the Be Free TV programs that airs on Impact, as well as um, our previous podcast of the radio shows. And we just want to minister to you and help you. Also, if you listen, for the one, two things we need. We need your prayers, and we need uh, your financial gifts. If you can do that, would you pray about that to help us to go to Africa? Pray for us. That's the number one thing. We need prayer. But number two, we need to um, we need to have the finances to go. It's an, it's a costly trip, especially for two of us, and all the preparations and things we need to do, the travel and hotel there, all those things. Um, so if you want to do that, you can go to our GoFundMe account on uh, Facebook. Uh, and it's in the links on this um, it's in the links on this podcast right now on the uh, Facebook. You can see it in our uh, description. But if you want to help support preaching the gospel, we didn't get into it yet, but I'm going to be preaching to the pastors, to the men, as well as the women. And I believe, you know, I, I just, I'm feeling, I'm already starting to get a sense in my heart of what God wants me to do. And I'm just, I'm just so deeply honored, humbled, and excited about what God's going to do. He is so awesome. So anyway, go to our website at lueda.org, or you can go, uh, please pray about, just pray about and consider, would God have you to give to our GoFundMe account? Okay, we'll be right back. 